satisfied, where our aim is to behold the glory of God. My name is Nick Jackson, pastor of Timberline Baptist Church in Lacey, Washington. And this is Bobby Gaither, pastor of Hope Fellowship in Hillsboro, Oregon. Sweet. What's up, buddy? No, move your move your mic back, dude. That was perfect. All I could see was your mic. Oh, there you go. That, that's mean. I'm just, <laughs> that's mean. I'm just, uh, just playing. Hey, uh, we're gonna do a, a short podcast uh, on missions if we can keep it short, because you, you know, know we have... we're gonna do a podcast on missions. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> so, uh, you want to tell them why we're like what, what's the reason we're doing this podcast? Well, well, we just finished up. Uh, our series in Tulip. And, and I, one of the misconceptions of uh, the Calvinistic doctrines or those who would adhere to them is that we're not missional, is that because we believe that God has elect those whom he would bring to himself, that there's no desire or need for us to proclaim the gospel, to go out and seek the lost. God's going to save them anyway. Um, we don't need to do anything. You, it's, you know, it's the, it's the frozen chosen, quote unquote, is, is, is kind of how frozen people refer to it. Frozen chosen. Man, I haven't heard that one for a long time. Well, and, and the unfortunate truth is, is there are some. Oh man, there's so many people that believe that. For, for whom? Uh, well, and, and even, even those uh, um, among the, the, the Calvinist or Reformed faith. Yeah, hold up, hold uh, up. I'm not including them. Uh, we're going to call them like another group. Hyper-Calvinists <laughs> are not Calvinists. Like, well, no, and, and really, going there. Our, our, our aim really isn't even to be a Calvinist. It's just to be biblical. Right. We just, right? I mean, and so, so, so part of it is we have to... you just said that I said that they're not biblical. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yes, I did. Yeah, I totally. Did. If you think uh, that God's word is meant to say, hey, you're saved, so you don't need to do anything because God's just going to automatically save people, so you don't need to do missions, you don't need to care about obedience, then yeah, right. you, you don't understand God's word at all. Well, now you have to go to Romans 10 as well, right? Faith comes from hearing, hearing Faith comes from hearing, the word of God. Faith comes from the word of God. It, yeah, so so part of you know we're just just what we want to address is blow up is that blow up yeah, dis- disseminate disseminate or, or de- de- wait no that's to spread desecrate desecrate nah, that's that sounds more like defecate. defamate uh, I don't know we, I don't know it's we, getting we gross to, it is we want to destroy the destroy. idea that. <laughs> Let's just go to simple that, terminology that preschoolers uh-huh. understand. Yes. We want to make bad those. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that that because because we believe in, in uh, what we would say tulip, we believe the doctrines of, of Calvinism that we're not missional. Yeah. Um, that that we don't share the gospel. Uh, in fact, I would say that if if you want to be complete in your understanding of the Bible, you need to look at both the doctrines that the Bible lays out. And the proper application of them. Yeah. Because the proper application of the doctrines of grace is to go share the gospel. Is, is it's to like go fuel spread on the, the fire. Seed. Like, well, I would and, say, man, Calvinism, Calvinism ought to make us go farther, uh, yes. be bolder, uh, be more zealous in our spreading of the gospel, simply because yeah. we're so convinced of God's grace yeah. and his ability to save. So, so what's the command of Scripture? And, and uh, the, the easiest place to look, uh, which I think is the mission of the church, I think it's the mission of every church, uh, the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Uh, Jesus ha- has had risen from the grave. 
Uh, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain on which Jesus had directed them. In fact, if you recall, he told Mary and Martha. Oh, no, no, never mind. That's earlier. Uh, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So his disciples came, they saw him, they worshipped him. Um, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven First and on of all, earth has been... Yeah, he's like, look, I got all authority. <laughs> well, he is. He, I've, he's, he's risen from the grave. Right? Mic drop. So, I'm Mike. back. <laughs> oh, gosh. Could you see it? Oh, Lord. This is early morning. I, this is early morning uh, podcasting. Man. I need more man, I, I need food. D- yeah, okay. Maybe that's it. You need food. Uh, something to balance him out a little bit. Uh, so Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And then here's the command. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Trinity, we have to recognize that too. Uh, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Okay, so we observe, we understand, uh, we dig up all that he's commanded, all, all of the word, all of scripture, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, I mean, so like, it is a, he's with us as long as we stay with him, right? Like as long as we keep in the oh, faith? Oh, stop it. As stop long it. as we're he like, hey, Jesus, there. let's partner in this together? Stop I'm it. sorry. All right. We, we did Perseverance of the Saints yesterday. Or we did that. Earlier. Did that. Or not yesterday, like yeah, last an hour week. ago. Well, buddy. yeah, but it like <laughs> aired a week ago. <laughs> oh, killing me. Right. So, so that is our command. Go make, t- like, you know what, like, you know what our mission is at Timberline Baptist Church? Like, it's crazy. Make disciples who make disciples. Like, we keep it simple. Make disciples who make disciples in all, uh, in all areas of the world for the glory of God. Yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing, but but that's like not, it's just Matthew eight. Like let's just do Matthew twenty eight. Like yeah, let's not. We don't need to make it fancy. Let's go tell people about Jesus. That that is the directive to the church. Now we see that's. It, but bare minimum, I, I I don't even want to say it's just the skeleton. It's not. Uh, it's it's uh, it, it's the primary uh, structure uh, by which. Everything, even even Paul's instructions in Ephesians on what the church is supposed to look like, that all come under going forth and making disciples. Well, going I would say to all nations and making disciples. Everything we have in Scripture, I mean, as it leads us to worship God, is also going to move us to 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 demonstrate the love of Christ through our very lives and our actions. Yeah. Um, which that's not that's not evangelism, um, that's just demonstrating yeah. Christ, that's demonstrating his love, but it will also lead us to proclaim the gospel, yeah. which that's what evangelism is, to, to proclaim the good news. Um, so as we grow so, in all of the truths and doctrines of God's word, it moves us to worship, and while we're here on earth, it moves us to mission, which is proclaiming the gospel in all areas of the world. So so let me jump to Acts too, and 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 we'll talk about the church first, okay? Because there's mission in the church, and then let's go to uh, outward mission. Okay, let's do it. Because you notice it's it's Judea, Samaria, and the entire world, right? It starts mission starts in your very own household. What? It starts in your church. What? Like this it is crazy talk. Like yeah. I, my first responsibility, even before I'm a pastor, is to shepherd my wife and my children. Yeah. It is to disciple them. 
And, to te- and like going back to that Matthew 28, teaching them to observe all that Christ has commanded us. Yes. So it, it's about learning Jesus. And to learn Jesus is not about just learning, uh, you know, things about his life or, or things about the Bible. It's, it's learning for the purpose of, of transformation and living out. So we learn yeah. to become more like Christ, that we would live more like Christ. Um, and, we, and we do it in community. Yeah. This is, there is no solo Christian. What? I mean, you, you, might be, you, you might be a missionary or you might feel like you're alone, but the, the, the intended aim of the church is to live in relationship with each other. The intended aim of disciples of Christ is to be together right. and to learn together. So here's what we read out of Acts 2, uh, Acts 2.42. And they, meaning the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Okay, there's the teaching. And to the fellowship. Fellowship is important. I would say fellowship like, is important. Fellowship is the living out of the teaching largely within the church. I, you won't understand the teaching if, unless there, you're living it out If there's not fellowship, fellowship, I would probably say there's not teaching. Like on a Sunday morning, if people don't want to talk to each other, uh, there's a problem with doctrine there. Absolutely. But, but it's more than, check this out, if you continue reading, it's, it's not just Sunday morning. And to the breaking of bread, and I would I believe that's communion specifically and the prayer. So I think I think the you see those elements on Sunday morning when we gather as a church: the teaching, fellowship, communion, prayer. Uh, and you continue to read, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. God's power, His Spirit was present and seen. As God was validating his word and validating his church in the early days. Verse 44, and all who believed, check this out, all who believed were together. They came together and had all things in common. They care for one another. Uh, I don't know. I, I would assume this is a, 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 a value uh, of your church, a value of our church is our benevolence fund. We care for our body, for those who are hurting. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. They cared for one another. I mean, this is what you do in a, in a herd, right? This is what you do in a family. You care for each other's needs. Uh, and day by day, attending the temple, check this out, day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, in their homes. They had people over to their house. They were hospitable. They, they lived life together. They knew each other. This is part of being the church. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Like okay, but technically, I, I always receive my food with glad and generous heart, too. Like when my wife sets the food down, like, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> if I come over to your house and you set the food down, I'm always glad and generous. Uh, well, uh, you better be, but but I mean the the point the you stinker the point there is 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 man they're, is they're honoring they're, they're worshiping together. God and they're living out because what we what we see in scripture is that what we become the body of Christ the bride of Christ we, we live together and the means in which God meets the needs within the church yes. is through the church yes. like He gives grace to the church to meet the needs of the church of the church well and look at verse forty seven praising God so so they receive their food with glad and generous hearts comma praising God because there's commas in in 
Greek, praising God and having favor with all the people. So there's not commas in Greek, um, right? There's there's no punctuation. No punctuation. We don't need punctuation. Yeah, it, it, no, huh? Um, they knew what they were so, doing. Yeah, but but the point the point there is they're worshiping God in all things. Yeah. I mean, all things, every day, daily. So this is a picture it, it, of the local church right here. Right, it should be. So a good it question be. would be, not not does my church do that, but am I living do, like that? Do I do that? Yeah, like because I think yes. what we do is go, hmm, I know people that don't do that, uh-uh, and maybe we should yeah. go like talk to them and stuff. But the question is, is... Am I Do living you? like this? Am I yeah. am I devoted to the teaching of the word? Am I gathering with believers? Am I bringing believers into my house that we would worship God together, that we would meet the yeah. needs of one another? Yeah. That uh, And you mentioned benevolence. I know what you're saying there because like we have benevolence fund, which is, is dedicated to meeting the needs within the church. But also, you know what? If you see a person in need, you don't need to always go to the rest of the church. Uh, if you have the means, mm-hmm. you can go meet that need right there. Like, like mm-hmm. we're called to simply meet the needs. Yeah. And if the need is too big, th- then we go to the church and say, hey, this, this brother has a need. And, and we need to come together and, and benevolence fund or whatever it is and, and meet that need. But we can also just meet those needs individually when we're with these brothers and sisters. So, so just to continue reading that, that section, praising God and having favor, having favor with all the people. I, I want to say there, there's, this, there's this movement, if, if the church is being the church, if the fragrance and the aroma of Christ is present, people around are going to notice. Um, and yes, the fragrance of Christ is is a is a fragrance of death to some and life to others. Um, but for those for whom it's the fragrance of life, it it will draw them to the church. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So man, we like, we see the church growth right here. And the crazy thing is, is what teaching, eating, meeting needs. I mean, fellowship. I mean, this isn't rocket science. I mean, how many programs do you need to do that? None. Like, like we just come together and we we live together. We do stuff together. We meet each other's needs. Yeah, yeah, that's good. There's so hey, if the let's, church. Let's go to. How does your church do this? Like, what, what does this look like on a local yeah. on a local like just level? What does it look like for Hope Fellowship to? Uh, to, to grow in the teaching yeah. and to meet needs and fellowship. Yeah. Well, I think for one, I mean, it, Sunday is our, is our gathering, right? That's our primary gathering. We do yeah. gather. Uh, and what I love about hope is, man, we love each other. Like it, it is, it is a, it is a task to pull everybody back from our greeting time. And, and, and that's, and, and I like that. Like, you know, I think some, some pastors would probably find that annoying. Um, I love that I have to ask people to sit down in their seats because they're across, you know, the sanctuary talking. Are you like, Hey, get down. Hey, I'm talking. (laughs) Hey, stop, stop, stop all your conversing. Is that how it goes? uh, No, it's, it's much more gentle than that. It's, it's honestly, I don't have to say much, just. I often say, hey, I just love, I love that our body loves each other. I love that you're talking to each other. I love that I got to call you back. And then like they got to do it back like they do in preschool? 
No, I, you know, my wife is a music teacher. Seriously, so, I could see her uh, like like holding her hand up. I am equipped with that. Yeah, I, I do know that. Um, no, I, I think part of it is just seeing the love and the fellowship that we have amongst ourselves. Um, and we come and we gather to, to hear the word on Sunday. And, you know, we preach expository uh, uh, sermons at our church. And I think that's that's great for us because it helps us know and understand and the word. That, we respond that's verse by verse, book by book. That's making your way through the Bible. Verse, so that way we book. cover every single book. Yeah. Yep. Go ahead. We do communion every week. Every week. Um, Have you guys always done uh, that? Shortly after we got here. Okay. That was a, that was a conviction of mine before I came. Uh, and shortly after we got here, uh, we had to preach on it and just help people understand why. Uh, we actually went to Acts 2.42 uh, to talk about that, why we were implementing communion every week. Uh, because it takes us to the gospel. It reminds us of our need for grace. It reminds us of our salvation. Yeah. Uh, and it reminds us to, that we're um, that our sins are nailed to the cross, right next to the to the the people's uh, sin that, who's to the right and the left of us. That we're all sinners saved by grace. Um, uh, what was the other piece to this? Uh, and then and then you, you see you know the church um, having all things in common, right? Uh, we're praying. You know, we we obviously we pray Sunday morning as well. Uh, uh, we care for one another. Uh, I'm just looking at Acts two forty two. Through forty-seven, these are the things we do uh, day by day. We uh, we meet. We encourage people to meet. There's Bible studies throughout the week. There's women's Bible studies. Uh, we have we had a men's group that kind of went on pause for a little bit, but we're kicking back in. We have another Bible study that's happening. Uh, we have two table groups right now, uh, soon to be four in the fall, uh, where we gather in small groups um, bi-weekly. So every other week we're doing that. Uh, and and the other pieces we're encouraging, we encourage our people uh, to engage with their neighbors, their coworkers, uh, their family, uh, to have them to, to practice biblical hospitality. In fact, I'm having one of my friends, local pastors, uh, Colossae Church here in in Hillsboro, come and talk to us on biblical hospitality. So, and hospitality fall. is is largely bringing unbelievers into your house. Yes, I think that's yes. a little misconception. Uh, to be hospitable is not necessarily bringing your brothers and sisters, like Christians, in your house. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. We mm-hmm. we need to do that. We clearly see that now. Yep. They're together all the time. Um, yep. But hospitality in scriptures is bringing unbelievers into your house. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So, so it's all about all of that. Dude, I got all these reminders popping up on my phone. You know what's happening tomorrow? Uh, you're leaving for vacation, uh, bro. No, that's Tuesday. But tomorrow, Hannah's birthday. My daughter turns 10, <laughs> the big 10. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, Go yeah. ahead. I just like shot up and blew up my phone right there. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Hannah. That's awesome. Well, all that to say, this is the foundation of missions. Like when when you're about to, you're going to talk on missions next, right? Yeah, but yeah. What what are you going to go do? The aim of missions is to establish the church. Yeah, and so you're showing, like at your church, it starts out in the house. Like if yes. like if you if you don't love your family, like your wife, your husband, your children, and you're not discipling them, you're not going to disciple anyone else. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. So it starts there. And then as we gather with the church, what's taking place in the home takes place there also. We gather, we learn, we grow in our knowledge of God's word. We invite other people into our house, whether they're believers or unbelievers. Um, 
we're going out in the community. We're not to be islands where, where nobody sees what we do. Uh, we're not going back to the monastic movement where, you know, that's where monasteries came and, and Christians like kind of withdrew from society, withdrew from culture. But what we understand is that the Bible actually missions and by God's grace sends us into the into the world that we would be light there. And so I think that's what you're describing, mm-hmm. like your church is doing. They do it in their homes. Uh, and what we what mm-hmm. we said, like the Sunday morning uh we read a book, uh, The Vine Project, which uh, is an amazing like workbook uh, to kind of take your church leadership through and and really say just how are we how are we making disciples? And and one of the things it said was you know your Sunday morning is like is like the flagship. What happens there is really setting the direction for what should happen in all areas. Uh, in the rest of the week. So the fact that you're in the word, the fact that you're fellowshipping, uh, the fact that you're communing. So all of those things, what you're doing on a Sunday is really setting an example, is setting the pace, the direction for everything else that takes place within the church, Um, which I always found really helpful uh, to kind of, why do we do these things? Because we're showing what it is to to live out as a Christian in in all areas of our life here. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So what, what we're doing, um, the, the, we could say the same things is very similar, like local, but to talk on a global aspect, um, we've been really wrestling with missions. In fact, tomorrow at our church, man, I'm super excited. We, we just got back from India not too long ago, and we met with uh, 12 pastors who, as a church, we're going to adopt. All of these pastors are going from anywhere from one to three to five uh, villages of totally unreached peoples, and they're sharing the gospel, establishing churches. And so our church is going to to adopt them financially, but also in prayer. Uh, we're going to be able to visit them every 12 to 18 months. Uh, but, uh, but man, I'm super excited about that. And one of the texts that, that greatly informs us, I think, of the need to proclaim God's word, uh, his gospel in all the world is like Psalm 96, where it says, Psalm 96, verse three, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Well, what is the marvelous work of God? I mean, the ultimate marvelous work is the sending of his son, Jesus Christ to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. It says, for God is for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So, so why, why does God do marvelous works? Because he's great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. So we we go declare his glory among the nations because he's great and he's done marvelous yeah. works. And ultimately, that marvelous work is the sending of his son, Jesus Christ. So uh, our church is wrestling with how do we reach um, unreached people groups? Like, what is our part in that? Um we're also looking at areas in Thailand. Uh, we, we just got back from a place there where there's one church and there's 90,000 unbelievers around that church. Mm. 90,000. There's an entire province in Thailand where basically unreached people. Uh, and this church needs help. It needs strengthening. It just yeah. needs encouragement. So we're wrestling. Okay, how, what does that look like? We also have some, actually, we have some, some people in our church right now. They're in Lebanon. There's an amazing movement going on in Lebanon where they're reaching out to Syrians, where the Lebanese churches are growing. And so our church is just going, yeah. how, do we, how do we help? How do we encourage? That's great. It's not about how we take over. 
But how do we go encourage the local church there that they would continue to to press on? We also got uh, some people who are about to go to Poland. Poland is largely Roman Catholic, and uh, I would say it's in bondage to Roman Catholicism largely. Uh, They very much worship the icons of the Catholic faith, and so uh, there is much freedom needed there. They need to hear just the true gospel, so they're going to go partner with local churches in how they share the gospel there. Uh, so, So, like, as we talked about, the doctrines of grace, TULIP, Man, that, that presses us out into the, into the world. So it is by no means making us go, hey, you know, God has, God has people out there and, and he'll figure out a way to save them. He doesn't need us. No, what we see is, is God has ordained the, the means and the end. So the end is that there will be a bride and the means in which that they will be saved is through the sending of the church. And so those are just a few ways that God is working in our church right now, uh, and man, we're, we're excited. We're excited about like what you're, what you pointed out. Okay. There's a local aspect, yep. Yep. but there also has to be a global aspect. It's, it's not mm-hmm. either or, but it's both. And, and, yep. and, and it's, it's tough. Sometimes I think we lean towards one at the neglect of the others, trying to hold both of them. Well is hard, which is actually we're, we're looking at. We have a guy in our church, uh, Ben, Ben Wood, which you know him, man, he's awesome. He's yeah, phenomenal. And yeah, we should call him Benny. You, you know what he's doing? Right, you know what he's doing right now? What is he doing? He is snake sitting. I saw that snake around his neck. Dude, that's disgusting. Um, yeah, I like, no, like, I mean, that. I'm pretty sure Genesis three told us how to think about snakes. I, that's how like I we think smash about them. them. We crush them. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I don't know what's happening there. So he needs prayer still, lots of prayer for his snake handling mm-hmm. and snark, snake charming. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, he's, he's snake sitting for a buddy who's gone to Malaysia for a couple of weeks. And so, uh, so yeah, we, we just avoid his house now. We, we don't go there. That's a good choice. I'm scared. Like, <laughs> I, I don't do snakes like, at, at all. Do, no, do you like you. snakes? No, Would I hate you them. hold a snake? Um, I probably would, but not by choice. Not like, like if it was I w- thrown I at you. I, I, yeah, I think definitely would hold a snake if it was thrown at me. If, if I was dared or challenged or, you know, I felt peer pressure to do so, I, I might consider it. But they're not my favorite creature. Um, I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't kill it. Just like we have gardener snakes out in our, uh, our field, you know, and... My wife would love it if I just went and do your kids put them, them in their pockets and bring them in the house. No, they don't. I don't. Uh, JJ could. I could see JJ doing that, um, but not my other kids. Dude, I hate snakes. Yeah. All right. Um, so, what we wanted to do here is just <laughs> simply talk about. Okay, we, we spent time in Tulip, and the misconception, large a misconception, is that. Calvinistic churches, um, Calvinists don't believe that there's a need to really go out a whole lot uh, and spread the gospel. Yeah. And what we're trying to say is, man, that's the opposite of what we feel. Man, we're, we're going. We want to go all the yeah. more. And in fact, we're, we're wrestling with, with how, do we, how do we plant local? Like you got a guy in your church that, that you're looking at sending out local on planting another church in Portland. Uh, we're yep. trying to support more churches up here in the Northwest. Like, how do we get them planted? How do we see them strengthened yeah. uh, globally? Like, 
Like, what's our role there? And I think, I think one good thing for us is, is thinking through categories. Like, like, how are we reaching unreached areas? Like, places that just don't have the gospel. And then yeah. how are we also reaching areas that, that do have the gospel? Like, like Poland, while it's in largely bondage to Roman Catholicism, there are churches there. So how do we strengthen those churches? Uh, then there's other ministries like Wycliffe, which they're kind of, they're coming and supporting a lot of these other church movements where they're doing Bible translation. So how are we doing things like that? Because our goal is to get Bibles uh, in the languages uh, of all people so they get to have the Bible, God's truth, in their own language and read it. So I, I think it's helpful to kind of go, where are we at? And where's our priority? And to realize we can't do everything. So what is it that we are doing? I don't know. We've wrestled with that a lot. Yeah, and, and I think part of it is places don't get saved, people do. You know, um, dude. So, so, like, so, I'm gonna start just writing your things down, dude. That could be a coffee mug. <laughs> All right. No, um, seriously. Hey, no, I'm not letting you take not take credit, dude. That was good. Did well, you just make just that think up? Think about it. That, dude, just coin it. Coin it now, Bobby I, Gaither. Places don't okay. get saved, people do. Well, I, I think of you know we we talk about unreached people groups. Yeah. And and we talk about them as if they're. They're out of our neighborhood. No, they're not. They're, they're next door. And, and the gospel, I mean, the word is supposed to be preached, not just from the pulpit on Sunday morning, but at our dinner table. When we have our, you know, in and through our lives, uh, I think part of the issue with the modern day church is we, we, we don't understand that we are all, we are a, a royal priesthood. Every believer is is a priest of God. And our our ministry is a ministry of reconciliation. It's a ministry of proclaiming the gospel uh, first to our families, but then also to our neighbors. So missions is not just it's not it's not this wing or this little program in your church where you send money and you send people off onto yeah. the foreign mission field. Is is that part of it? Yes. That's like a but that that should be the outgrowth of the of the of what's already happening yeah. in your own home, in at your own coffee shop. This is what's great. Um, uh, uh, you know him, uh, um, Scott Panita. Yeah, Scotty, Scotty. Uh, I've just been having conversations with him, and he's he's up. He's studying for the LSAT, so he's he's coming up to to Hillsborough a lot and sitting yeah. down at a coffee shop. But he's having conversations with guys down in Newburgh, guys up here at these coffee shops where he's meeting them. They're they're talking about, I mean, guys he doesn't know, and they're talking about the gospel. They're talking about the word. And yeah, some of them are Christians, some of them aren't. He's, there's a new believer uh, that he's talking to that doesn't really know the Book of John, and so. What is he doing? Like he's discipling. He's making disciples right here, right now in his own neighborhood. He's like the guys that he works with, uh, that he used to work with uh, on the on the tree. He had a, he had a tree business uh, that he worked in. Um, like he, he he he's being a missionary right where he's at. That's awesome. He's he's proclaiming forth the word right where he's at, and the church needs to understand this is your job. This, well, it's, like, it's, this, and, and this, like, you, let's even be more clear. Like, it's it's our job because it's our identity in Christ. Yeah, uh, yes. Christ came as a servant that we would serve. Right, Christ came as a son that we would become sons. Christ yeah. came. 
excuse me, man. Uh, Christ came full of the Spirit. That what? That we'd be that full we'd be of the Spirit us. going and proclaiming yes. the good news of the kingdom like he did. So yeah. when we're talking about going, whether it's local or global, this is not something that uh, that 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 we're we're doing like as as some extra part of Christianity um, or an optional part of Christianity. This is what it is to be a disciple. So regularly, we should be asking ourselves, who am I discipling? And, and to yeah. disciple, remember, that means, yes, we're raising up people in the church that they would know Christ more. But discipleship would also be going to make disciples. And so okay. if we're going to make disciples, we need to be with unbelievers. You can't just surround yourself with the church. You need to be out there and you need to practice on the sharing of the gospel. And, and admittedly, like I'll just say this, the, the, the first... Uh, 20 times you share the gospel, you're, you're probably going to think you did a pretty bad job. Uh, you're probably going to wrestle with, man, I don't think I did that well. Uh, and, and to be fair, that, I mean, that's, you're probably right. Like, it takes practice. <laughs> like, right? Like, because yeah. fr- what's yeah. happening is when you start sharing the gospel, people are going to start giving their objections to the gospel. And in the beginning, you very well might not have any clue how to answer that. But the cool thing is, is when you hear the objections to the gospel, you're hearing, all right, what is my culture thinking? What is it? What is it? What is it that? Why is it that they do not believe in Jesus? So that's then going to force you to go, okay, well, what does the Bible say about that? How does it address that? Um, how, how do I yeah. help them? Understand, and how do I pray that God's grace would just come around these people? Uh, and as you do that, you're, you're going to become more proficient, I would say, in, in understanding how to communicate God's truths in a way that is at least going to be more understandable to your audience, where, again, yeah. we've talked about uh, election and irresistible grace and all that. We don't, we don't save people. God saves. Our God job yeah. is to, uh, to simply present the gospel with the, uh, with the hope that God will save. And we know he does because there's, there's the elect that are out there. Um, so anyways. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it just reminds me of the book Gospel Fluency. Uh, James uh, Vanderstelt. J- James. Jeff. No, not James. Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Jeff Vanderstelt. That's good. Which... Which, coming up in the fall, one of my desires is to have uh, some sort of um, six weeks class here at the church. How do we have gospel conversations uh, with our neighbors, our coworkers? And, and, and a big part of that is just being fluent in the gospel. If we know and understand the gospel, if we love the gospel, here's the thing. We are evangelists for everything we love. Like, Look, I, my, my kid loves basketball. He talks about basketball all the time. Yeah, he does. He, does, yeah. he could meet you, and within like seven seconds, you will know he loves basketball. There you go. So every whether it's whether it's our favorite restaurant or beverage or sport or whatever it is, we are evangelists for everything we love. So the question is: Is do we love the gospel? Do we love Jesus? And if if we do, we're going to talk about it. If we do, we're going to proclaim. If we do, we're going to preach the gospel. In fact, and, and that's a necessity. It's a necessity for, for people coming to faith. And that's what Romans 10 says, right? Um, how then will they call on him whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him 
of whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. It's good, man. And, 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 that's, and that's where we go from our church to our neighbors to the city to the state to the nation to other nations to the world to unreached people groups because the love of Christ compels us because we have more joy. We found in him more joy than when their wine and grain abound, so says David, right? It's, it's, we are, we are spreading, sharing the gospel. Why? Because it is our greatest love. We are sharing who our God is. Why? Because he is our greatest love. And and let me just say this. If you're listening to this and you're going, Man, there's no way I could do that. Uh, you know, just this idea of evangelism is just scary for you, um, which I admit, it, there's a level of, of kind of scariness because there's, there's vulnerability with it. There's the idea that we know that very likely we, we might be rejected, we might lose friends over it. But I think a lot of people, um, we, we don't share the gospel because we, we fear man more than we fear God. Um, and that leads us to disobedience. And so I, I would just say, if you're two things, if, if you're struggling with sharing the gospel, number one, press into the gospel, get into yeah. God's word, know his word, um, look at just the, the incredible grace of God in scriptures and let that continue to transform you. And then I, I would say, pray. And, and, and go share the gospel with one person. And maybe that's just simply starting out with uh, telling someone that you go to church, ask them if they go to church, ask them why they don't go to church. Uh, just begin moving into it uh, and, and trusting that God is going to, to give you the grace and the wisdom that you need. Uh, but, but I find that, that if we're going to be obedient, then we, we need to be obedient, um, yeah. So as you press into scripture, God's word is going to strengthen you. God's grace is going to help you to overcome your fear of man. But there's also God's grace is enabling you to actually obey. So you have to, you have to begin. It's kind of like you can be scared of riding a bike, but unless if you actually get on the bike, you're not going to ride the bike. Uh, and so as we evangelize, we just need to go knowing that God's grace is strengthening us, enabling us, emboldening us uh, so that we can do it. Uh, His Spirit's in us. Let's not, let's not forget that God's Spirit is in us, that we could do this. God has given yeah. us everything we need to share the gospel effectively, namely Himself. Yeah. Do anyways, yeah. yeah. Yeah, being wholly reliant upon the Spirit. I think the first thing what we need, we need a willing spirit. Yeah. We need to be willing. And, and then recognize that, that both the means and the outcome uh, of, of, our gos- of, of sharing the gospel is directed by the Spirit. So, so we, we, should, we need to be wholly reliant on the Spirit of God um, uh, as we share the gospel, as we ask questions, as we, as we find ways to connect and to communicate the gospel. That's good. All right, man. I think we've, uh, I think we've, we've, we've exhausted our 20 minutes times two. Don't say that. Um, (laughs) all right. Hey, uh, how about I pray us out this time and just do. Okay. Father, we, father, we just praise you 
that you have saved us by your grace, that you have drawn us to you, and that we have the confidence that because you have drawn us to you, that we know that you will raise us up on the last day. We know that your spirit indwells us, that we are adopted as your children, uh, that we have the guarantee of our salvation within us, and that you will complete the work that you began in us. And so, Father, I pray that we are filled with the knowledge of the truth of your son, Jesus, and that truth moves us to worship, and that that truth would also move us uh, to make disciples, to be involved in our local church, to make disciples in our homes, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, uh, in our workplaces, that God, when we, we would see people as you see them, and that we would desire to share your love with them, that we would desire to share the gospel with them, that they would hear the saving truth of your son, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we would be full of the conviction that your word needs to go to all nations that there are people in all areas of this world that do not know you. And Lord, you have said in Mark, uh, in Mark, uh, I think it's 13, 10, the Lord, you will not return until your word has gone to all the nations. So one reason we go is because we want to see you. We want you to return. We want your kingdom in all of its fullness to be here on earth for your will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And so God, we go, we go to proclaim your name. So that with the confidence that, Lord, you will save tribes and nations and languages and peoples. Uh, And, Lord, we we go forward. We've seen in Revelation the end. We know that it is going to happen. We've seen the end picture. And so, Father, fill us uh, with your grace. May we go out in faith. And, Lord, may we trust you uh, to do all the saving. In your wonderful name, Jesus, amen. Hey, Nick. What's up? Best book on missions. Ooh, uh, Piper's got a good one. Let the nations be glad. That one, that one's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I'm trying to think of if I have any other one. That's that's my top. I'm trying to think of if there's another one that I would recommend. Let the nations be glad. Um, you know, you know, Platt, uh, David Platt has some good books. Platt, you know, I I read. Uh, uh, Radical's good, but I, I like the, the next one better. Um, uh, what was that one? That was, uh, that was Follow Me. Follow Me, yeah. Follow Me. And that, what's great about Follow Me is it, it, puts, um, it puts everyday life in the context of, of sharing the gospel. It's good. Of the, being a disciple. It's fantastic. So, hey, uh, you've been listening to Satisfied in Christ. Our website satisfiedinchrist.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. Resources for today's podcast and those books that we just mentioned uh, will be on our website. Thanks to Stephanie. Uh, and if it wasn't for our wives, we wouldn't get anything done. And um, uh, hey, um, let me jump in on that. And if you're listening to this, uh, we would love to have uh, you you put a comment um, on iTunes. So if you're listening to that or SoundCloud, take a take a moment if you don't mind. Uh, leave leave a comment there. Give us a rating. Uh, our our whole idea it's not that we become popular, but we just. We want God's truth to go out there, and we know this is just a vehicle. There's many other vehicles, um, but uh, the more ratings we get, uh, I've been told that the more views the podcast gets, and again, the whole idea is that the gospel goes forth. So that that's our desire there. What else you got? That's all I got, man. That's all you got. All right, satisfied in Christ. Yeah. Life. <laughs>